Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> this is fun now. Y'all can hear me, can't you? <laughs> and we're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. If you didn't know already by the time we already entered the show... It is, of course, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much again for being a part of what we do right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcast. Plus also as well, Game Source, Inside Sports, Fantasy Football, Chris Sardieri and I, we took care of week two in the NFL for you. So go ahead and check out our thoughts on week two in the NFL. Plus we cover the disastrous week one for many players out there in fantasy football. So go ahead and check it out today, Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Also as well, LakersBall.com. Joe Soro, you know he's riding around here somewhere. In fact, he's right below. But he's also at Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. Plus he has a company that he wishes that you could support today. That is, of course, Simblades. Simblades with a Y.com. Our good friends, Jamie Sweet, who was on previously, when we talked about Jared Vanderbilt and his extension, doing his five things, plus also as well, Laker Tom. We do have a time set for Lakerholic Spotlight. Will it be on Jared Vanderbilt? I hope so. So we could discuss more Jared Vanderbilt and the Lakers because the training camp for the Lakers is around the corner, just a couple weeks away. So go ahead and check out Lakerholic Spotlight. And of course, their site, Lakerholics.com with Laker Tom and Jamie Sweet. Also as well, Empire Jeff with Empire Jeff TV. You know, he's talking the Jared Vanderbilt extension. Go ahead and hear his thoughts. You saw a little bit of it before in the chat, the best Lakers chat room that's out there, the Lakers fast break. But make sure you go ahead and check out what he has to say each and every time out at Empire Jeff TV. Please subscribe today. Also as well, subscribe to our good friend, John McCallion on his YouTube channel. He's 70 pounds down, 60 to go. Plus some great, Great conversation that he has every time out. If you subscribe today at the John McCallion channel and Empire Jeff. And speaking of YouTube subscribing, if you've not hit that little BDI Joe next to the regular Joe, go ahead and click on it today to get the latest notifications of when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers Fast Break podcast. We're doing a lot of things. Lakerholic Spotlight. We've got another great team report coming on Sunday. 
courtesy of the Magic Man. We're working hard to get you even more Western Conference team reports in the upcoming days and weeks just before training camp or even as we go through training camp, plus all the great Lakers shows, previews, and even more. I'm hoping maybe one day we can all get these great Laker channels together to come kumbaya in a nice stream, maybe supporting a charity. Who knows? Maybe one of these days we should try that. We'll see what happens, but we just hope for your support right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Daniel, please, man, if you can, I've got an idea I want to throw by you. Please hit me up at LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. Or if any one of you have questions or comments and you don't want to put it below, go ahead and hit me up there or Lakers Fast Break on social media as well. But please, Daniel, if you can, we need to talk, my friend. We'd be but greatly appreciated. Yes, absolutely. My famous words indeed. It is greatly appreciated by me. That's for sure indeed. Joshua Deeds, shout out to you on Facebook. We are going to be talking the Houston Rockets, a team that is in a little bit of a funk right now in, in regards to their transition. Uh, as far as uh, Devotion saying he needs a Joe rant on people that flake. Now, actually, our guests will be arriving shortly, so we'll see what happens there. <laughs> Yeah, it's Joe indeed. Go ahead, Sean. Go ahead, Sean. Yeah, no, no, no. I, <laughs> I, Sean works that, very that, hard to, and yeah, I work very, to get these yeah, guests together. Like, you seriously. Have no... So, like, take it easy, guys. I, yeah, I, I, I nice. might need to. I might need to get off the show so you guys don't it's have to deal with nice. this stuff. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, we got it. We, he's coming. He said he was on the way. It's Frank Look, from the, the, the Top Shop. The, the, let's just get it over with. Like the the four hundred pound elephant in the room is what's happened to Kim Porter Jr. Yeah. Um. Absolutely. Uh. He, him and his what? Him him and his girlfriend yes. went to New York. Former uh, WNBA player, NBA correct? Player. Yes. Yes. Uh, went to uh, some. Uh, it was Fashion Week in New York City, so they were there for that. Four days later, July 11th, we found out that uh, he was arrested uh, for domestic assault, and uh, he was recently arraigned and uh, out on bail. And Gerald, uh, he's likely played his last game in the NBA. I would. I agree. I would guess. Um, now, um, we're going to have Frank on here pretty soon. Um, there are really only three avenues the Rockets can really go uh, with Kevin Porter Jr. Um, to, because of the NBA PA policy, um, teams have the authority to exercise extra punitive or repercussions to, uh, to a player. So, as an example, Gerald, uh, we all saw what happened with the San Antonio Spurs and Josh Primo. Um, the Spurs did not even entertain the idea of trading Josh Primo. It wasn't worth it to them just because of the ugliness of the incident, right? So, they waived him after they had extended him. And they had to eat the last two years of his contract. And like Joe said, Joe says this all the time, people make mistakes and you sometimes you just got to eat it and move on. And that's what the Spurs decided to do with the Primo situation. Now, 
a secondary situation uh, in late October of 2020, uh, when we were all going through the pandemic, Terrence Davis. Uh, so, Frank. Hello, Frank. Hold on. I cannot hear you guys. Give me a second. Let me get my audio. No worries. No worries. Uh, uh, he, uh, actually, uh, Magic Round, keep continuing with the Kevin Porter talk. Yeah, no, I was just going to say the uh, the secondary uh, situation involving uh, Davis. Davis was arrested uh, for domestic assault, Gerald, and child endangerment because there there was a police report that said he had assaulted uh, his, the mother of his then child in front of the child. Um, Terrence Davis spent some time in jail, Gerald, between late 2020 in early 2021, the Raptors eventually traded Terrence Davis Gerald, if you remember, to yeah. the Sacramento Kings. The Sacramento Kings did not receive a lot of blowback or backlash making that move, Gerald, um, for many different reasons that we don't need to go into because they're irrelevant. But the fact of the matter is, is that was another situation that a team had to deal with with a situation of either domestic assault or some kind of harassment. Now, this situation is unique in of, of its own. Um, Frank was just commenting on uh, Twitter. He had a great tweet where he, he basically said that it would behoove the Rockets to, to try and trade him and get something, anything um, for the contract not not, They're not. and they have to give up what they uh maybe assets like a, i know that there's they have some unprotected first first seconds yeah. they have a lot of seconds that they can they can dispense with um but the fact is is that uh this gentleman right down here joe soro he made an excellent point on the previous podcast um when he was saying that uh he questions the idiocy of people being skeptical cynical or downright nihilistic about teams uh, trying to trade a problem and at least get some kind of compensation for it. Demand is correct. It, it, that's what a team is supposed to do. The Spurs didn't attempt to do that because it wasn't worth it for them. The Raptors did and got something for it. So Joe is correct. Now, I don't think, Gerald, that there's a team in the NBA right now that will trade for Kevin Porter Jr. No way. I, I again. No matter how it. many number ones you give him, <laughs> would you get? You how him? would you give up? Would you give up a couple of number ones for Kevin Porter Jr.? It nineteen, ni- nineteen. Hold on, nineteen point five points per game. I'm not worried. Uh, he would never play on my team. Okay, it's just a matter of. It was just a matter uh, okay. of. Okay, how many number ones do you want to give me? For me to just go ahead and sit on his contract until I could bail out of it. That's right, he would right, never play a game right, for my organization. Right, right. Absolutely he, never. And he's never. really he's really on a one year deal. And I'm just only saying yeah. And I'm not saying because I would actually trade per person, but NBA teams that have or possibly can make the room are actually contemplating this offers out there because they know the Rockets have some desirable a- assets. I'm not saying I would take him. I'm just saying right. that there are teams right. that probably thinking about it because there are, I know that they have two unprotected first from another team. Plus they have some of their own that they haven't tied up. Oh yeah. The Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn, Brooklyn have, for Brooklyn the, Nets. for the beard deal. Yeah. So Brooklyn Nets, they have those unprotected picks. 
which could be very tasty. Plus, they're you know a limited number owned that they haven't given the Oklahoma City Thunder, and you know those could be tasty if they actually continue their progression, like a middling type deal as far as that's concerned. So, in a way, that could be as far as enticing for a team like a Detroit, like a Washington, like some of those uh, seller dwellers that are out there. So that's that's all all we're saying. I'm not saying I I would condone getting him. Because he'll never play. If it was me, no matter, you know, if you gave me three first or whatnot, whatever, he's never playing a game for my team. And I don't think he's playing another game in the NBA as long as that's proven out. But I know I want to go ahead and before we even get into a little bit more, and plus hopefully we can bring Frank for the Rockets chop shop back in here. I know he's still experiencing some issues on that. So I, hopefully he can work things out on that. I do want to think um, when it comes to, what we're seeing with this uh, specific case. I know the question was asked earlier about the girlfriend. Attorneys for Kevin Porter Jr. asking the DA to drop the charges because they don't feel the circumstances are justifying the cause and whatnot. But, you know, that's just what they're trying to do. It's just the, right now the legal pandering that's going about. But it does not look good for Kevin Porter. It does, you know, there are allegations right now, but it, it really does not look good. The girlfriend had to go to the hospital was a, a vertebrae, like you said, Joe, or the other day, as far as around the neck contusions. Well, there's 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 become a little twist in that episode, Joe, because the attorney for the victim mm-hmm. uh, has re- released a statement that um, is uh, contradicting the earlier reports that her neck dysfunction was a result of blunt trauma that it was a previous condition and they've uh they've serviced the the physician michael bond to verify that michael bond is a very specialized uh physician gerald he's he's gone he's been through many interesting legal cases he's uh he's a known uh physician in in the legal field but one of the greatest pathologists public pathologists out there absolutely yeah 100 percent. so there again gerald and this needs to be said too oftentimes this happens with uh with uh abused victims is that they don't want to come forward they don't want to make a statement they don't want to testify and a lot of times these cases just dissolve in the legal system they just they just disappear well, um, we recently had an incident in the NBA with Miles Bridges. Now we have uh, something going on here with Kevin Porter Jr. I mean, you know, the police evidence is, is speaks volumes, and yes. I'll leave it at that. But it does not look good for Kevin Porter Jr. if he ever plays another game in the league. Uh, Sham Sharania from The Athletic has reported that the uh, Houston Rockets are actively seeking a trade to trade him out. You know, likely, again, it would be something where they get a whole lot of nothing back uh, as far as that's concerned or whatever they have to, the minimum that you would get back in return for a lot attached to it as far as if you're absorbing Kevin Porter's contract. And again, this leads to what Joe was talking about earlier in our earlier discussion during the Jared Vanderbilt uh, show, that episode. I think that Joe was very on point uh, when he was talking about how the NBA you know, especially in this latest collective bargain agreement should look and focus more on conduct and about how teams should not be liable if severe conduct issues uh, come across 
and how they should not continually be viable or liable to go ahead and have to pay out the rest of the contract. Your thoughts again on this, Joe, are a little bit more in detail because, again, this is a very serious situation. This is a very condemnable situation. We see all this is going to drag out in the courts, but this is not a good look at all. And if it does come out to be where there is charges pressed and there is a time sentenced for Kevin Porter Jr., I really think the Rockets, you know, it, there should be a, something in place where the Rockets should not be, you know, liable for continued payment on that contract. I feel sometimes we complicate things more mm-hmm. by not doing the, the, the basic thing. <laughs> Let's look at it this way. Let's say you have a policy in, in, in the NBA that says if you are – if the evidence says you've done something this heinous, you are now no longer in this league. Couldn't agree now, with you more. Now that solves one issue. You don't have to worry about the cackles that circle around your league waiting for you to make a mistake so they can yap, right? Because hey. let me ask you this. Let me ask you on this. So Trevor Bauer, we all know what he did. He was accused of, et cetera, et cetera, and all that. Uh Will he most likely play in the league again? No, no. Okay. And it's a it, it, here's the here's the thing. Here's Urias the thing. is the thing, but that's the third time. Isn't it third strike and he's out on that the one? The thing with Trevor Bauer is it's a little different uh, according to his situation. His was a situation where the abuse was apparently how do I say uh, initiated. Is that the right word? I don't want to say the wrong word here. Uh, it no, was it's, allowed, it's, yeah. apparently. So, well, I don't know if it was... Again, we'd have to look at the transcripts to see what was... It was apparently allowed. Allegedly, it was welcome... Abuse. To a certain point. How about yeah, to a certain point? Right, which, you know, in my, in my non-organizational business response to that is, you idiot... How about this? You, something was consensual until dollars. something became non-consensual. Yeah, I'm like you. The first thought I had is, you dumb f. You're make. You just got the richest pitching pitchers contract in the league, and someone's telling you to do this, even if they're telling you you can that you can throw them off a bridge. Don't freaking do it. Go get the hell away from that person. But he's he's a repeat offender and he's bounced. And at this point, when it comes to men and women, this whole thing with men and women, I'm tired of it. I'm really tired of it. Uh smarten up. Smarten the f up or lose your job. That's it. I'm done with it. I'm not I don't really want to deal with it anymore. And what I would really like these leagues to do is I really want them to support everything and they can do it. They can support everyone, okay? If a team has a player that does something like this and is no longer going to be serviceable, you need to have something, some kind of provision in the CBA that says that contract is now not going to get paid out to that player at that moment for the rest of his contract. Voided in... in, in, in forever, okay? Then that salary cap that said 120... And he was making 20. It's now down to 100. Simple as that. Make it simple. He's not getting paid. The team that just lost a player doesn't get punished because some jackass decided to do what he did. And everything 
gets in line. You did your job taking out a, a person who shouldn't be in the league. You t- you support your team and you get rid of a headache publicly. Like I don't know why that's so hard to do. It would make this thing so much easier to deal with. Now we know that there are also frivolous stuff out there, and I get that. Due process is fine. Due process is fine. I get that. If you want to wait, you know, maybe there's a trial for a year. But if it's something blatant, something where somebody was hurt based off something, I mean, this Kevin Jr. thing is, is Porter Jr. thing is, is really, I mean, everything looks bad from what I read. It does. It There's, there's just, it does. I don't know if he's going to, you know, I, again, it just does not look good at all. I mean, the hospital reports, the police reports, Sean, this is just a, a messy scene, and absolutely, uh, Gerald. And it's not—it's not the first incident. Obviously, for him. the victim, is what I'm worried about most. And I well, wish the best for her. Well, um, the the Houston Chronicle had a had a, a article today, Gerald, that said this was not the first time that that these two individuals had had a domestic issue. He apparently rammed his car into hers. Yes, I read pre- that previously. He's also been accused in a police report when he played for the Cleveland Cavaliers of punching a woman in the face. And uh, so this isn't the first time with Kevin Porter Jr., Gerald. Um, He's 23 years old, and you've basically thrown your life away because, Gerald, I don't believe Kevin Porter Jr. graduated from USC. No, no. It's no, and and yeah, and so so all that. What what do we say, Joe? There's there's nothing worse in the world than wasted talent, and and to waste it over getting too hot in a situation you can't control yourself, and you could just walk away, slam the door real hard, pound yeah. some whiskey, come back. And go to sleep, and the sun comes up, and we move on. But it, it, some some people just can't control themselves. And, and so, it really it okay. comes down to that, you know, which which brain is working at that moment. And it seems like lately, the wrong okay. one is working. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. 
Good question by Diego. I appreciate it being part of the great chat that's out there, the best Lakers chat room that's out there at the Lakers fast break. Why are they looking for a trade instead of just releasing him like the Dodgers just released uh, Julio Arias for uh, the same basic thing? Uh, I will say I think it's just about what the contract that he's currently in, uh, how much they would have to choke if they did release him now as opposed to waiting if there's a judgment brought down by the NBA that could help bail them out. But the reason why they want to trade that contract, Sean and Joe, is because they want to go ahead and just alleviate themselves. Now, they don't want to wait for anything like that, but they also don't want to go ahead and just outright wave them and choke on all that money. So I think it's they would have to, it, would have to money. at least this year, right? They would have to at least choke on this year's money, correct? They, they would, Gerald, because because he's really on a – so, Frank, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you guys. Can you hear me? Yes, yes sir. Crystal clear. Oh, my Appreciate God. It. Yeah, awesome. No thanks for yeah. thanks for joining us, bro. So we just we're I just, just went touch- to. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Absolutely. No, I was saying it was a battle trying to get on, man. But I'm glad glad to be on. Glad to be we're, on. We're sorry, glad to sorry have you on. Oh, no worries, no worries. All yeah. good, all good. It is Frank from the Houston Chop Shop. Please go ahead and subscribe today here to his great YouTube channel. Also, his many appearances all okay. over. I was following him on Bleach Report and all over the place. Just go ahead and check out the good words and all the great stuff that he does there. It, it, I wanted to let you know you got Magic Man up top, Joe Soro as well, and me, Gerald Glassford. Want to appreciate again you being a part of what we're doing. Obviously, when it comes to the Houston Rockets, we want to touch on something that you touched on earlier today. That you did a video of uh, that you were just reaching out to with your thoughts. It is the Kevin Porter Jr. issue, uh, and I think the great question by Diego in our chat was, "Why don't they just release him like the Dodgers did to Urias?" But I think it's a money issue how much they would be liable for. And the reason why Sham Sharania has reported from the athletic is that they're looking into trading him or trying to find a trade with all the assets they have or with whatever assets they have is because of also as well, what, how much of a financial obligation it would cost the team as well as if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's, that's pretty, you know, correct on point. Um, I think roughly about 15.7 million would be owed to Kevin Porter jr. Um, if they were to simply wave or cut him, um, I think the Rockets are trying to thread the needle between uh, being financially uh, prudent at the same time dealing with the PR fallout that may come as more stuff comes out. And I, I pointed this out on Twitter, and I know Sean um, at, at discussed this a little bit. Um, you know, these things really escalate when visuals, you know, when that photo comes out of what she looked like you know, maybe it's a nurse at the hospital that sneaks out and sells something to TMZ or the video from the hotel. When those things come out, the the trade becomes, uh, I think there won't be a trade market. Um, so I think it feels like the Rockets are trying to get ahead of it to try to salvage some of the value of his salary um, before. Now, there's a world where the NBA could still um, and do their investigation and basically deem him and just uh, void his contract altogether and where they wouldn't be you know, held, you know, liable for it. But I don't know if they want to wait for that. It just seems like they're trying to get um, as much as they can back while they still have some some sort of uh, vagueness about the situation right now. Because I think as more comes out, uh, it, it gets it's going to get nasty. Joe, did you have I have a question. Yeah, yeah, I just thought now that you had said now that you said that, I, I started thinking about maybe why they're not voiding these contracts. So by voiding his contract, you remove essentially $60 million 
off the books. Does that is it because it would lower the number of salaries going to players, and that would essentially mess up the market? Is that why they're not doing this? No, the way the the NBA PA uh, Players Association with these types of uh, events, when a player is being investigated, um, they don't let the teams really get to determine the whether there's cause for that player's contract to be voided. So by rule, the Rockets have to wait for the NBA to make a decision on Kevin Porter because the arrest was made outside of basketball, essentially. So even if they wanted to waive him, I don't even know if they could because the NBA still hasn't made a ruling of it, on it. It's, it's more of a players' union type of deal where they didn't want the teams being able to infringe on the private lives of these players if they get in trouble with the law. So I think that's really where it comes down to. Yeah, 100%, Frank. I mean, I I, I was scanning through the, the comment section on the Chop Shop today after uh, your video, and, uh, you know, some of the subs were, were talking about the Miles Bridges situation. You, you uh, aptly pointed out that the Hornets waited for the NBA to finish their investigation, and that's why that situation ultimately ended up resolving itself. Um, just because they resolve the Bridges situation one way doesn't mean they're going to resolve it the same way with right. KPJ, not necessarily. But uh, I just wanted to say, Frank, uh, I'm, gl I'm glad to see a, a, a positive come from a negative here because you uh, bringing awareness to women's shelters uh, after a situation like this, I just really applaud you, and I, I thought that was – that was the main takeaway, just trying to turn uh, a positive from a negative and uh, applaud you, sir, for that. Thank you. No, nah, this is the least we could do. Um, obviously, it is a big issue. I think, think the Miles Bridges situation was handled terribly by all parties involved. Um, I'm, you know, if I don't know if we did a live stream after it, like the day we found out about the Kevin Porter thing. And uh, I'm all for recid recidivism. I always struggle with that word. But you know, I don't want him on my franchise, right? I don't want that guy. If he goes, serves, you know, pays his ten, uh, penance for whatever he's done, and if somebody else wants to give him another shot at basketball somewhere in the world, that's fine. But for me, I think that players should feel the consequences of these types of actions, and I don't see the NBA um, saying they're a progressive league at the same time, allowing players to um, have not only not only just domestic but egregious episodes of domestic violence. I mean, for me, the Kevin Porter thing, I mean, if, if the DA really wanted to, they could push for attempted murder uh, because yes, yes, you know, sir. strangulation is a, yeah. So it, it's, it's a really she nasty said, situation. She, yeah. Because you're right, sir. Because in the, uh, in the report, it said she had difficulty breathing. Right. Now, why, why would somebody have difficulty breathing if it wasn't blunt force trauma? So right. that's a, that's an excellent point, Frank. Um, you know what, sir? I, I'd like to uh, segue into the actual on-court product. Well, one because... last thing, one last thing though, because he touched on on his videos the fact that what Sham Sharania had reported is that they're trying, reportedly, to go ahead and offload that contract to not have to deal with it. Like you said, wait for whatever the, the NBA, yeah. yeah, the optics and whatever the NBA comes out of it as far as the investigation. 
Uh, you know, I don't think he'll play on an NBA team, even if he was to be traded. Mm-hmm. I understand that that the Houston Rockets would have some assets that they would could have to or would have to unload with along with that. Uh, what do you think it would take for someone to even get a sniff or be interested, at least to even consider, you know, picking up such an individual who's you know undergoing such a uh, issue as he is now right now? Now, this is a hot topic on on Rocket social media right now about the value of optics as it relates to business. I'm, I, I have the belief that I'm not going to like go too extreme either way, but I do believe there is some value to that. And I do believe teams will think twice about just even being associated with this situation because of the yeah. fact that we don't know the full details yet. Um, you could, because I think even if a team does take the assets to trade for them, and right now they're proposing a, a few, like two or three second round picks, that team still has to wait on the NBA. And then while you're waiting, it could drag on into close to training camp, a video pops up. And now your franchise is tied in with this player. So it's kind of a, I I don't know. I don't know if there's a market for it. Um, I know uh, GMs around the NBA know this. And is it worth a few second round picks to even, even have any type of controversy on, on your on your on your franchise and you look at the teams that can even facilitate just taking a, on a dead salary it's not a lot of them it's maybe three or four so um I, to me i don't know the rockets I, I don't know what they're doing i hope that there are i know they're trying to be prudent at the same time i just hope that they understand how these type of situations are more nuanced than just trying to make the best value you know, uh, financial move on the, on the margin. So we'll see how it plays out. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, and, but I ultimately, I think they, they will not get a trade and I think they will have to wait on the NBA. I think that's what's going to happen. Once again, it is Frank from the Houston chop shop. Go ahead and check out everything that he's doing today and subscribe today on YouTube. Go ahead, Joe, my friend. I, I believe, uh, there, there's going to have to be, uh, an understanding of what that, trade will be worth right uh the trade right now is are you willing to take on almost 46 million or so because the last year is a team option so obviously they're not going to take that so if it's around 46 million left on the contract what is going to cover that what's it what's going to make it worth 46 million so the first numbers that hit my head were two first round draft picks especially with Houston likely not, you know, ascending this coming year. They're probably going to be a lottery team. Plus so they here. have those Brooklyn picks, Joe. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. And if so, you pry those out of their hands, the fan base might go crazy. But, yeah, go ahead. I mean, I, I don't – I think at that point they're probably just going to eat the contract. Uh, yeah. But if I'm a team, the first – and maybe, they, maybe these offers have come to the table. First thoughts in my head, head were two first-round draft picks – I'll take the heat from the public. I really don't give to, you know, what's about the, what public says anyways. I don't anyways. I know a lot of these teams do, but make the trade. The guy's not going to be playing. I mean, give me a break. And then, you know, we'll deal with the noise until he's, he's finished. Uh, but in the meantime, we can wait and see if there's something of value that could come from this. So I totally get what they're doing. And this shouldn't be a pro- This shouldn't be how it goes at this point. And I, I'm waiting Unfortunately, we're waiting on – see, Kevin Porter Jr. is a good player, but he's not the player, right? 
Right. Uh, Mikael Bridges is not the player. The Trevor Bowers, I could say, yeah, he was the player, but he's not Mike Trout or, you know, uh, sure. a guy. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it's a little easy. And even uh, Urias is not really as great as a pitcher. He is. He's not, he's not that guy. So I think what's probably going to happen is it's going to have to, you're going to have to get one of those like top one, two guys that do something like this before somebody kicks these guys in the rear end like a high-end uh, NFL quarterback or yeah. like you said uh, yeah. high-end baseball player because or this is one of the top is, 20 players this in the is NBA. something they've been battling for a while and it needs a solution just figure out a way to set the CBA saying look if you are convicted of something right or you have pleaded that you were guilty of this, you are done in the league. Your contract is void. You are not getting paid beyond that. And then at that point, no, the team doesn't get hurt. The guy doesn't get paid. The team can now go fill in that, that salary with players if they can. I know it might not happen that year, but maybe the following summer. I think, and then you don't have to deal with the PR headache. I, I just, I, I, I think it's time to start looking into this. If you really want to get rid of this problem, you're going to have every athlete scared out their ass if this happens. Because if he's sitting there going, well, I got my contract guaranteed. Yeah, I'm out of the NBA, but I'm still going to make four five million dollars And then I can just go play in Italy. They don't care about what I do in Italy. They don't even know what I'm doing in Italy. And that, to me, doesn't solve the problem 100%. It's still going to happen likely here and there, but I don't think it's going to happen you know, look at the steroid situation in baseball. It's very, very tiny now. Now, anybody who sniffs uh, uh, aspirin at, at, at Rite Aid, they they get 50, 50 game suspension. They don't they don't mess right. around. Right, so, right, right. Yeah, yeah. good, so good it, point, Joe. You have yeah. to, and, and that was you know, Manfred is not one of my, I guess, ideal, especially for baseball, ideal commissioners. But that's one thing he did get right because. You don't have to deal with the distraction. And that's the thing is distractions. The, the, you have a problem, you solve it. Or you get into that part where you're starting to solve it. The distraction is the constant, well, what if, why didn't you do this? And why did you do that? And we went back on this uh, the show a couple hours ago. I said, We're, these guys are not babysitters, okay? You're telling me you want to give these guys a private life, stay out of it. But yet at the same time, you want us to know what they're doing all day. No, I'm not going to go look at 15 players every second of the day doing what they're doing. I'm not doing that. I don't, I don't care what they do in their personal life. So if you, if you want to have your cake and eat it too, I still don't know what that means. <laughs> then solve this problem by saying money gets voided money off the salary cap. Now these guys don't have to worry about trading and killing their teams. Yeah, so Frank, as we uh, segue uh, to the and let me finish product. this one. Sorry, Frank, yeah, we got my, my, we, we, the crowd loves the rants, so <laughs> that's that's what I'm trying to give them. Thank you. So, Frank, <laughs> as we look like on the court for the Rockets, uh, I know there's uh, there's just uh, an aspect of they might be a lottery team, they're very interesting on paper, though. Like, I gotta say, um, and thinking more about the situation that we were previously talking about, I actually think they got the leadership to stabilize 
something yeah. like this. Uh, Emma Yudoka is uh, probably one of the best motivational coaches there are in the NBA. Um, his exes and O's got a lot better too. Uh, he's got a leadership group now, Frank. He's got Freddie. He's got Dylan Brooks. He's got Jeff Green. He's got DJ Augustine in that locker room. So he's got some vets and some good locker room guys there. How do you feel that the vets will blend with the youngins? I think, honestly, one thing about the Rockets' young players is that they are like sponges. Um, they played a lot of bad basketball over the past two years, a lot of selfish basketball. But like you said, the leadership wasn't there at any level. So now what we have to see is what do they look like under structure? Um, we've seen, you know, Jalen Green has been working out with Fred Van Fleet throughout the summer. Um, Dylan Brooks has been working out with Tari Eason and Jabari Smith and some of our other players. So you've already seen these relationships start to kind of form. Um, I think what they just need is just structure. And Emil Doku brings that. He is a very blunt coach, uh, which is kind of not what we had with Steven Silas, who, um, you know, yeah, the, I think the joke on on like Rocket social media was that he was a youth pastor. So that that was <laughs> so that's what they kind of call them. So now we actually have a real coach. Um, so these guys have to grow up real fast. And I think with this event, with the Kevin Porter thing, um, it is going to be controversy. It is some adversity they're going to have to face, especially with the questions coming up in training camp, uh, which sucks for them. But having vets like Jeff Green and like you said, Fred Van Vliet on the team, you know, former world champions that can they can lean on and kind of give them some guidance, I think, will help. Now, I don't think they're going to be um, like a 22-win team again. You know, most of us assume just by sheer competence, they can creep up into the 30s. Honestly, to me, in the NBA, you have to try to lose uh, less than like 25 games. Like, you have to make an effort. Like, that's an active thing. Most teams can just stumble into 30 wins, even if they're not. Like, you can stumble into 30 wins because teams loathe manage there's just random things that happen but to be a tanking team it is a lot of effort into it and the Rockets sure uh, uh they could win an award for tanking if, if it came to it because we had some nasty lineups out there um but I think we'll be a decent team uh you know not you know, hopefully we can make the play on or at least be on the peripherals for that one of the things that I want to ask though uh Frank and truly appreciate uh all the wisdom that you're showing us tonight truly cannot thank you enough for taking the time to speak to oh, us no on problem. all the stuff been a been terrific guest and we truly appreciate it the thing we want to ask though well i do want to ask anyways is uh, some of the veterans that you put in here i mean the spending spree to spay to say the least that they had to do the off season a lot of cash flying around as we say here the you know they backed up the brinks truck for jared vanderbilt the lakers did today the rockets backed up a few brinks trucks uh <laughs> during the off season is it money well spent in the long run? Personally, uh, it's to me, it's it's a it's a complex answer. Big picture, I think, for where we were, how bad we were as a franchise and trying to get to where we're trying to go relative to that. Yes. But if you look at it just from the entire NBA, I don't think so. I think that they overpaid. Um, they overpaid for mistakes that were made in the past. And, you know, for example, the Dylan Brooks contract basically Literally, there was a um, a uh, a betting website that had the second odds of him going to the Shanghai Sharks, 
uh, as the Houston number one in the Shanghai Sharks. So I'm, I'm not even joking. That was real. Oh, no, we actually, com- our we commenters said that at that time. Too, oh, okay. Especially after, especially <laughs> so, after the uh, the loss and then he. Right, he to the Lakers. Going from right. The, the, from leaving to the hotel room and, yes, yeah, seeing him there and getting all the razz yes. and everybody chanting. Yeah, oh, yeah, Shanghai, yeah, yeah. Shanghai, we, had a, Shanghai, we had a laugh yeah. at. We had laugh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Carol laughs, laughs with yeah. that one. Oh, yeah. They were yeah. Shan- they were chanting Shanghai Sharks at him. So, <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. so yes, definitely. But but, then we heard but that was the years, market. Ninety. If he hits four years, ninety. Ninety. If he hits all the parameters, yeah. Yes. And yeah, it's it's if he hits all. I think the base is like eighty something. Yeah, we're stuck with him, and it's four years guaranteed. You better get it's like it's not point, a team get, option. Yeah, you better get Team Canada, Dylan Brooks. That's all I, I know, right? Um, it. I don't know. I think they just had to spend the money. I think they panicked. They, you know, there was talk about Brooke Lopez, and that really messed up a lot of the things. I think our GM is really – he has a lot to prove this year. If you, you know, if you're in the Rockets kind of world, there's one misstep after another. Some people could argue the Harden trade was a bad trade um, for what they got back and some of the assets they flipped from there. So um, even the uh, the Kevin Porter thing, like – for him to have this guaranteed contract, for him to be a, in a position where he's the leader of our team, started with the GM and trusting him with the franchise, which, you know, my argument is that you get a guy coming from Cleveland that got in trouble for uh, assaulting a teammate and the team basically gives him away for free. And instead of allowing him to feel the burn of rock bottom, you anoint him so he never learned his lesson. So it's just... It's just one bad thing after another. Um, we're hoping that uh, Emo Udoka can bring some sense to everything because, you know, when Harden left, it was a bunch of new people there. So um, a very optimistic season for the Rockets. Um, I think we can probably crack 30-something games, um, um, but but we'll see. It'll be based on how these young guys develop. Oh, definitely, indeed. Uh, Joe? And, uh, uh, oh, go ahead, Sean. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, Frank. Uh, the next topic I'm going to bring up, these two guys will not be quiet about. So okay, they love they love the Rockets draft. They they love the Thompson pick, and they love absolutely yeah. love the Cam Whitmore pick. And we didn't hear it for about two weeks on this show about how the Lakers should have picked Cam Whitmore. Do you have to remind? Yeah, us? that was crazy. That was crazy. I don't know what he he must have done some drugs or something on one of his visits. <laughs> <laughs> or I don't care. Got called with strippers or something. I don't know. That a coke interviews is based off of yeah, really bad interviews and and crazy. Yeah. You have the you have the best athlete in the draft falling to the mid teens. I don't care if it's number it twenty. Well, what I'm saying is number the 20. Lakers could have yep. picked them in the light in the in the mid teens. You got to risk. You got to risk that. Like, what are you worried about? You know, just, I don't know. I, when, when Houston got him and I knew they were going to get him if he lasted to there because they wanted him at three. Imagine that. Imagine, imagine you're Houston. You get up in the morning, you're like, all right, what the hell should we get? Ah, we'll go with the safe route. We'll get, we'll get a mean. We'll get a mean, you know, safe bet. He'll be a good player. Then all of a sudden, as the hours go, you're starting to go, Really? Really? They picked JHS? Really? 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 <laughs> what? Cam is right there for a second pick. And in my my instincts tell me, I, I know when Benyama's, 
you know, I know the Spurs probably had the best draft technically, really, because they got, you know, Victor. But I think Houston got the best draft if this plays out. Uh, I agree. Uh, and the thing is, though, what I want to add on to it, if I can, Joe, you have Cam Whitmore. I saw him in Vegas. Uh, I'm actually live in Vegas. I saw him personally on more than one occasion at the Summer League and saw, you know, he was what the uh, MVP or not the MVP uh, yep. overall. I think that was Moby, but he was as far as one of the most outstanding players. I, he was the MVP. The, he was the he MVP. Was the MVP. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mobley was the MVP of the of the finals and the whatnot. Championship. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, just outstanding. It had some things that he could work on, but obviously from the sense that we could see that there is a, a really high level score mentality and a high level player that could be like all-star in the, in the making if he gets the time. But the problem is at the wing department, you guys, one area where you do have a lot yeah. is the wings. So I ask you, my friend, how do you find time for all these young wings to grow and expand into being the players they should be as far as based off the potential they have? Yeah, that's, that's, that's the question. And even, even worse in a worse situation than um, uh, Cam Whitmore is Tari Eason, which Tari Eason to me is one of my favorite players in the Great NBA. Player? Great player. Um, uh, I actually thought he should have started over Jabari Smith Jr. last year because Jabari was statistically for half the season one of the worst players, literally like the worst player in the NBA. But with Cam, the athleticism is there. Um, everything is there. What he needs to develop, he's so young and so raw in his basketball field for the game. That's really where he needs to go. And I think the situation with the Rockets is actually beneficial for him. I'm not, uh, you know, and you guys will find this, I actually like the Kobe Bryant, uh, uh, how he was brought up as a young guy where he got to sit because not every young guy needs to get out there and play 35 minutes a game because you learn, you pick up bad. Sometimes it's okay to sit and watch and learn. And I think uh, Cam is afforded to do that. Whereas the Jalen Greens and the Jabari Smiths had to really learn how to play basketball on the NBA court. And then the whole social media world is you know, there are times where they would deactivate their accounts. There was a time Jabari went into like a deep depression. He spoke about it. So all of that stuff to me for Cam, he gets to kind of be behind the scenes. He might go down to Rio Grande uh, Valley, which is where our Vipers, our G League affiliate. Um, if they want to have him working on his ball handling, I think he gets on the court, not with his superstar upside potential, but he's going to have to get on the court with playing defense, being a hustle guy and running in transition. Um, so, cause he's not going to outscore any of the great scores we have on our team right now as, as he is, that may come in a couple of years, but for him, he's going to have to carve out a niche, kind of that KJ Martin role early on and then build his game over time. So when he is ready to kind of get into his, his own as a player, then he can do that. But we just have so many guys that can do so many different things that I just don't see his scoring right now as something that will get him on the court. So he just has to play, just hustle and play defense. And when the coach calls him, because with Kevin Porter gone now, there's a huge gaping minutes hole because Kevin Porter was slated to be our sixth man. Um, so now guys are going to be shuffled around. Cam may get a little bit more burned than he would have uh, uh, otherwise. So, yeah, I, I think Amen Thompson is really the guy I'm excited about because we haven't had a point guard. Uh, Kevin Porter was our point guard. And if, if you guys watched him, he's not a point guard. Amen Thompson is a pure point guard. Uh, reads the game like a pro. He's 
very, very smart, like intelligent kid. Um, I think on our roster, he has the highest upside of all of the guys we have. And that's period. why I, he's six, and, seven. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent Frank. And that's why I think in the long term that, that Fred signing will actually pay off because like you said, uh, a min can hit the ground running and he's a smart kid and it looks like he'll pick up things quickly. And that's what the Raptors needed when Fred was there. Right. And Fred's also dealt with this situation before. He was teammates with Terrence Davis when Terrence Davis had his previous domestic situation. So, I, like you said, I think uh, I love Thompson. Uh, like you said, he's a pure point guard. Um, I just love big guards, man. As, and if they can handle the ball, like, my name's Magic Man. Like, I, I, I got that from Magic Johnson, so... I will forever be in love with big guards, no matter what uniform they they play in, unless they're playing the Lakers, obviously. But I agree with you. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers, well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Now, as we segue into the front court, you said KPJ was going to be the sixth man. Do you think now Shangun becomes the sixth man? Do you think that? Oh no, Shangun's our—he's our starting center. Like he's going to be a starter. They, okay. Yeah, they've actually pivoted. There was a lot of reluctance about Shangun because of the defensive issues, um, and honestly, it was hard to assess the defensive issues because we were the worst defense for three years straight. So it's like the shortest or the tallest midget, (laughs) (laughs) you know, one of those type of deals. So it was really hard to like really get a clear, but now I think because of how he played in the FIBA, uh, in the, uh, Olympic, uh, uh, the qualifiers over in Turkey, he had a hell of a, uh, uh, a series there. I mean, he was putting up 30 point damn near triple double type games, just dominating. He was usually the best player on the court. Every single game they played. Obviously it's not NBA competition. Um, he's already flea. Y'all know he can, he's a bad boy. Y'all seen what he did when, even though we lost, when he played the Lakers, he's a talented kid. Very, he's spe- very talented. He's, spe- so. he's special. He's special, very. especially, especially in the open court. Um, yeah. Unlike, uh, you know, Blake Griffin and Sean Kemp, he actually has the onions to uh, <laughs> dribble down both lanes and uh, deliver, man. So I agree. I agree. How do you feel he fits with Jabari then? Because, like, like, between Jabari and Jalen Green, who do you think takes the, the next step there? Because we know Jalen can score. It's just how yeah. efficiently does he score? So they put some, like you said, some really crafty guards with them. You got Fred, you got Dylan Brooks, uh, you got Thompson. How do you think Jalen Green will fare from an efficiency standpoint this year, Frank? 
I think um, the offense, offensive change. Uh, Steven Silas was a high pick and roll. Like that was they were we we were top five in pick and rolls despite being one of the least efficient teams, and they still kept on running pick and rolls. Um, uh, Emo Doka he tends to run a lot of um, more. They do more DHOs. Yeah. Um, a lot of uh, putting players in a position to attack closeouts, dribble penetration and kick. All of those lend to more Jalen's strength. Jalen's actually great on handoffs. With the pick and rolls, you have to read the defense, and a lot of t- he has tunnel vision. Um, so once he gets downhill, it's like it could be 10 people in the paint. He's going to still try to score. So now I think it's going to be easier for him. To me, the person I'm really looking at is Jabari Smith. Um, I think Jalen is flashed enough. To, we know he's going to be a scorer. Over time, as his body comes in, he'll be more efficient. He can take more more, more contact. Jabari was somebody that was slated to be a 3 and D wing and one of the more elite shooters coming out of college. And so far, he hasn't lived up to that aspect. Now, I like what I've seen from him as far as in the mid-range. I think he's being type, he was typecasted as a wing, kind of a, a small forward, when to me, he's really a big man. And he's just was a small big man. It hasn't filled into his body yet. Over time, I think less threes, more opportunities for him to ISO in the post, like we saw in Summer League, uh, where he can take advantage of smaller players, use him as a screener, things like that. I think Jabari is going to be the guy that really determines. Shangun, I know Shangun is going to have a good year. I think Jalen's going to have a, a beat year. I think Dylan Brooks, hopefully, hopefully he finds his role. Fred is a consummate professional. Um, Jabari, to me, is the X factor. If he can at least just be an average NBA player, then it's going to do wonders for the team because he was he really struggled. I mean, JJ um, Redick on his podcast made a comment that Jabari is basically a player that is like in the middle of the ocean out there without a life craft, just drowning. And, and that's how bad it had gotten that national podcast were even commenting on it because the coach on the post game said he he didn't run any plays for him. So. It, it, it's just there is so much uh, bad basketball trauma for the Rockets that we really don't. It's like this team is so new. We don't know what to expect. It could be, you know, bad or it could be really good. So I, but I think that um, I trust Coach Udoka. I think he's going to be able to get get something out of these guys. Once again, it is Frank from the Houston Rockets Chop Shop. Please go ahead and check out the great work that he's doing today at the Rockets Chop Shop. Right there for you on YouTube. Subscribe to get the latest notifications on when he goes live on the air with another tremendous video each and every time out. He's got a great community that he helped has build. And just go ahead and make sure you support him today at the Rockets Chop Shop. Before we get to his questions and thoughts on the Los Angeles Lakers and where they may fall this season, Joe, any last uh, comments or questions on the Houston Rockets? Kind of in some somewhat the similar situation with the Spurs, maybe a little bit better, just because I think they're going to have younger talent. Um, I'm going to be watching Cam. Honestly, that's yeah. I'm, I'm actually are. going yeah. to watch. I have not seen. You don't see that kind of drop with that kind of talent in the NBA. This is not the. It's NFL. crazy. This is Unless not there's the NFL. an injury injury scare of some type. There even was that, an injury even, thing, but that wasn't they, even. They still it's picked, more down the future. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it really healthy for me three. when he went up for those slams and stole it, the ball it, six times. It, in that it, it, game. It, it honestly remind it like completely separate situation, but it reminded me of what happened to Laramie Tunsil on draft night. Ah, mm. there you go. Uh, but at Larry, least he had something Larry that was. Tunsil- had an off- you know, oxygen mask picture of yeah, it. it's yeah. different. <laughs> he was doing drugs, I, I, you know, yeah. a which, lot of which drugs. is even more dumb. 
um, if you think that the people before they drafted weren't some of them. But maybe. but he was he was slated to go number one or number two, and then he slid all the way. I think to thirteen or fourteen. I so. think somebody sabotaged him. There's a story yeah. behind that, but we won't get I into it here. Really, I just yeah yeah no, it's uh, I'm I'm gonna be watching, and I'm it's it's gonna be uh, I don't know, it's gonna be it's gonna be good TV. I want to see what what happens with that. Ultimately, that's really what I want to see. I don't want to see the guy fail either. So by wanting him to succeed, it's going to be one of those times where I'm like, oh, you guys could have had the perfect summer. You almost did, but you would have really had it if you had just taken the best player available. But again, that drama's good, and we're going to be able to watch it at least. Uh, Magic Man, uh, any questions or thoughts out there for Frank on the Lakers, my friend? Yeah, Frank. Uh, outside of uh, the players we've discussed, do you do you think there's an X factor? I mean, a, a, with uh, any of the two ways, uh, any of the who the might surprise? Players, yeah, what's a surprise the off the Rockets, the Rockets bench? Do you think? I think Jacques Londale, uh, the pickup from the Phoenix Suns. I really like him. He's a player that won't hurt you. One of those type of guys that they just come in and do their job. Um, with that center position with Alperin, Alperin is slated to be the starter. I think Jock brings a different dimension. He's not like a, you know, DeAndre Jordan or anything like that, but um, a little lighter on his feet. Um, I think he's going to get a lot of burn. Uh, you know, we saw he play, he did play in the playoffs for Phoenix uh, when DeAndre Aiden was, was tripping out. And so um, I, I think, yeah, he, he'll be good. I mean, for, for us just having, the drop off. I mean, I know you guys don't follow the Rockets like the the like I would. Some of the talent drop from our first team to our second team was just disgusting. Um, and so so having just competent NBA players, I think Jock is going to be important. I think Jeff Green is going to be important in the locker room. Um, I'm not sure what their full roster is going to look like once everything is said and done. Um, I, I like some of the players from their summer league. Um, they had a, uh, a a wing by the name, I, th I think his name was Mayer. Really good shooter, um, good rebounder. I, I hope they bring him in at some point. But otherwise, yeah, it's it's just just having competent NBA players on the team is, is really going to be the X factor for us. So, yeah. Our, our chat was asking, do you feel weird about the Yudoka signing at all, considering how he left his previous organization? No, no, because... And people try to bring up the equivalent somehow, some way with the Kevin Porter thing. One, uh, his situation is obviously it's a, it's more, it's a lot uh, yeah, it's consensual, it's inappropriate. And just like I said, I, I understand the Celtics not wanting him to come back. That's their, just like I don't want the Rockets to bring back Kevin Porter Jr. Right, um, they're prerogative. Yeah, yeah. Like he doesn't mean the man should stop working forever. Like, yeah, he needs to be able to work. So, um, yes, I, I'm fine with the Rockets. I have no issues with that. Now, if he's on the Houston trying to get with, because uh, we got a lot of young players with a, a lot of young mothers. So if he's trying to do some stuff with the mothers, then we might have to get him out of there. But otherwise, no, I have no issues with it. Okay, fair enough indeed. But once again, yeah. it is Frank with the Rockets Chop Shop. Please go ahead and check out the great work he's doing there on YouTube. But before we head on out, I wanted to get your thoughts on the Los Angeles Lakers and where they stand coming into the season. We've been asking on every team preview that we do across the NBA. 
Uh, first question, though, was mentioned earlier in our chat about how you feel about Christian Wood. Uh, you know, he did not leave Dallas under the best of circumstances <laughs> as he was traded from yeah. the Rockets. Uh, actually, was given a contract by the Rockets at that point in time yeah. as a free agent, brought over. Uh, didn't work out with the Rockets. Didn't work out with the Dallas Mavericks. Didn't work out with the Detroit. With the Pistons, Pistons uh, the Pelicans. Bucks. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, could this be the time where it's now or never for Christian Wood? Obviously, for the Lakers, it's a flyer at the veterans minimum, so it's not any kind of a risk at all for the team to make. But do you see an upside or some type of redemption for Christian Wood in order for the Lakers? Uh, two words, LeBron James. Uh, the the thing, and and this ties into the Dylan Brooks, like, and I'm gonna connect them because Dylan Brooks. The reason to me that you see him on Team Canada, he's playing next to an All NBA guard, uh, in uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander. To me, those kind of knucklehead players, you got to put them next to an All Timer to even out because they can slide into their roles a little easier. Christian Woods' issue is that he thinks he's the guy, and he's not. And and that thought process really makes him do a lot of dumb things on the court. Um, he does. He is a very selfish player, and I'll be very transparent with that. But what you guys would hope is that him playing around one of the greatest players ever helps him. I mean, you've seen what LeBron's presence did for Kyrie Irving once he left Cleveland. You got to really see who Kyrie Irving was um, as as a as a just a character. So I think having LeBron, AD, and some of these like all-timer top 75 players will allow Christian Wood, if he can slot into his role, basketball-wise, the dude is ultimately talented. I mean, there's no reason he shouldn't be a, a player making a lot of money in the NBA besides his attitude. So I think this is the first team he's been on that actually has a player of the caliber of LeBron. He's always been on bad teams. So um, I think the hope for him is that the – how great the players are helps him kind of play his role when it comes to his game. He's a great shooter. Um, he, you know, he can handle the ball. He's not terrible on defense. His size is an issue. Um, but I think him and AD in theory is almost a, it's a really great match. Like that front court is really intriguing. He does have some shot blocking. Um, he can cover on the perimeter a little bit. I think that if he works out for you guys, it'll be a big, big, huge difference on y'all's teams, but that's a big if. That is a big if, but uh, what was the phrase or comments that was uh, passed around that if LeBron James gets uh, Christian Wood to play at a great level or a good level uh, and it, for consistently for a winning team, that LeBron should be considered the greatest player of all he is. time. He would pass up Jordan instantly. There yeah. you go. <laughs> Forget about all the titles and all the records and all that stuff. You got Christian Wood to be a great rotation player. There you go, indeed. Joe, did you have any uh, things you wanted to discuss with the Lakers? We'll talk Frank? about revisionist history. Geez, the, did you forget that Michael Jordan made Bill Wennington, Luke Longley, John Paxson, Steve Kerr relevant in, age, in the uh, NBA? Bill <laughs> and that's yeah. And, uh, Dickie Simpkins. Who, who else? What else do I do? Who else do I bring in? Rodman. Uh, I guess we could throw Rodman great, in there as a character. There, there are great players, and then there are the elite greats elite greats magic uh jordan lebron kobe Shaq. these guys are obviously going to demand a little bit more from their guys and lebron lebron's greatest 
talent is, and the only time it didn't work was with Russell Westbrook, but you know, I'm not going to get into why that didn't work out because it's, it's been exhausted. And you know that Frank, you know, you, you, you had him on your team as well, but LeBron James, his game is predicated on player involvement. And these guys are also young. It's, it's a, it's a recipe for winning. It's, it's beyond a recipe for winning. So when I've, when, when someone says something negative about the current construction of the team without actually seeing a play uh, and we're basing it off of just paper, I'm like, well, I don't understand. Is that, where does that backing come from? Is it, is it really about you not wanting the Lakers to be good or are you just not accepting the fact that this team is perfectly constructed for an AD LeBron team? It really is. And why would he come to LA when he could have gotten the minimum anywhere? He could have stayed in Texas somewhere, maybe went to San Antonio. I don't know. Maybe they didn't want him. I don't know. Yeah, there's Something. already two teams that have run him out. <laughs> okay. So yeah. yeah uh, Frank, Frank, before we uh, get your thoughts on the, the Lakers, I just had a question. Um, I heard that the Rockets were looking to trade Christian Wood even a year before they did. Uh, I'm not sure if that's true or not, but uh, that's that's what my intel is telling me. I'm, uh, did you hear the same things? Yeah, there there was. Um, I think what they said was that the offers they got weren't up to par for them at that point in time for him, um, but. He, they really gave him the, a chance to be the kind of the franchise player. Obviously, he came in with James Harden. They were supposed to be the pairing there. It just never worked out. Um, it just never worked out for, for them. It, it just wasn't a good fit. I don't know what happened in Dallas. I didn't really follow that team as closely. Um, but I honestly think that, yeah, it's, 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 if it works out, it's going to work out really well. I think this is his best chance to be part of something that's not just him. Um, I don't think Luca had the maturity to be able to do what I what I just discussed about having kind of that great standard, that great player there that's going to be the mark the, of what everything is and everybody falling in. I think definitely LeBron is that guy. So hopefully it works out for him uh, uh, on y'all's team. So with all that said, my friend, where do you see the Lakers uh, again as we're trying to gauge everybody from around the league? Uh, mm -hmm. They've had a pretty similar. Uh, you know, idea and where they see the Lakers must have been pretty, you know, much around the same, you know, idea about where they think the Lakers will go. Where do you think the Lakers will end up this season? I I think the Lakers were, I think that that series versus um, Denver in the Western Conference Finals was probably the real finals, and I I I'm, I, I'm honestly I'm a big LeBron fan, so I do watch I actually watch damn near every Lakers game. Um, uh, and so, so I think the team is supremely talented. The way that the team just dominated the, the Golden State Warriors is, um, is apparent. Like the, the size, the defensive tenacity, Austin Reeves is one of my favorite players in the NBA. Um, he's the best two-way player in Jalen Green's class. Cause you know, people forget he is in that class, even though he's an older, uh, rookie, but as, as a guard, um, I think he's special. Um, you know, Anthony Davis disappointing. Uh, but I, I think that if he can put together just one season of being healthy, then it, it'll 
because at this point he needs to be able to step into that role and be the guy and i still think he's not being that he has flashes of but it's just not on a consistent he had a great playoffs though he had a great playoffs i did like the way he played the roster got better um added some shooting you know gabe vincent um i think was a was a great pickup christian wood like i said if he works out is good um i love bringing back um you know Rui Rui's coming back um you're getting you're getting the the, the core is that that kind of took you to the western conference finals is still there and you improved um the only thing that I, I would say is i am concerned about is lebron and i think father time is is right on his neck cuz i i like i said a lebron fan he is slipping a little bit he is slipping for him it's going to be can he transition his game fully to buying into be that four or five role where he's working out of the mid to high post and kind of going there instead of jacking up a bunch of threes? Cause I feel like as when he got fatigued in, in some of the, the playoff games, he just started taking bad shots. And, and, and so if he stays healthy and he alters his game and some of these young guys can kind of pick up some of the slack, I think that Lakers are a top three team in the West for sure. Um, I, I, I just, I don't see a reason why they shouldn't be back in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, they have experience. They have youth. It's a good mix. Um, they have, you know, two top seventy-five players. So to me, that 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 should be enough to get you to the uh, to the championship game. There you go. Uh, some great thoughts indeed from Frank. With the please go ahead and support his awesome channel, The Rocket Chop Shop. Please go ahead and do so. But before we head on out, we want to make sure we give you as much time to go ahead and. As we say, throw the cheap plugs at everyone out there on exactly where you are, what you want to go ahead and, and get across and what you're working on and all the great stuff that you do. So the floor is now yours, my friend. Go ahead and give everybody a shout out. Uh, uh, I mean, you, you, you've you done a great job plugging me um, at the Rockets Shop Shop. Um, we do a lot of uh, similar, you know, what y'all are doing, some live streams. We do some analysis videos, podcasts, um, ftank58 on Twitter um and uh, that's pretty much it you know i'm a, I'm a low-key guy i just love basketball and i would love to come back and uh, talk talk to you guys throughout the season because uh like i said i watch all the lakers games so you know you might as well throw me in there so well i'll tell you what you're welcome anytime you want to come by you just let us know but also we'd love to bring you on for some pre-games uh when the houston okay. and and uh yeah, lakers sure. meet I know that uh, Sean and I are working on some pregames, and we'd love to have you on there for that. But also, anytime we have a post game, vice versa, yeah, yeah, any, yeah, it, yeah. Anytime you want to come on a post game with us, you're more than welcome. You just hit me up uh, or hit Sean up. We're we're always ha- love to have you on. We love as many voices as possible. Then yeah, absolutely. Anytime we can come on there too, absolutely. If uh, if your if your audience wants that as well. Yes, sir. That sounds like a plan. Sean or Shawnee, I know you said you like to be called Shawnee every now and then, my friend. Any thoughts, my friend, before we head on out? Because you lined up this awesome interview, so you should get all the cred. A big shout out to Serge for going ahead and, and you know making helping me out as far as displaying where they can go ahead and catch all of his great work. Oh, well, you know, Gerald, we're we're uh, just grinding it out, and when you're grinding it out, Socrates once said, "Like falls like." So I just saw all the the hard work Frank what was putting Socrates in. Socrates had YouTube. It's not Socrates, it's Socrates. But Frank, uh, thank you for your time. Uh, Highly esteemed mind when it comes to basketball, brother. I really respect your opinion. You're putting in the work. You've been a great guest and uh, you're a friend of the channel now, brother. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. 
right. Awesome indeed. Joe, any last thoughts before we head on out? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for being right. on, Frank. Yep. A great conversation. Again, you want to come on one of our pre-games, post-games, whatever. The red carpet is open for you. Just hit us up anytime. Uh, our chat room, great conversations in our chat room. Truly appreciate it. Great questions that were thrown out. Cannot thank you now for the best Lakers chat room that's out there at the Lakers Fast Break. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow, Lakerholic Spotlight at 3 p.m. Pacific. Uh, Laker Tom is ready, and also I think Jamie Sweet is ready to tell him that no, Jared Vanderbilt cannot be traded for six months because he signed an extension. So uh, we've got a our, one of our favorite people, Laker Tom, always loves to trade everyone on the team, you know, even when they're not eligible. Yeah. So. Uh, we're going to have to inform of that on tomorrow's show as well. But uh, I think you've got a, sh- uh, a Sunday show with Gage Bridford, Bridgeford on the uh, for Denver and the Denver Nuggets. Is that correct? That's right. We'll uh, be talking to Gage Bridgeford from the Denver Stiffs. So it uh, should be a good conversation. Oh, yeah. That was last time. He was very good the last time he was on the show. So, yeah, definitely looking forward to that indeed. So, again, for Frank, please go ahead and support Rockets Chop Shop any which way you can. Also, F-Tank58 on Twitter, which I just already had and said I'm following him now, so you need to follow him too. Please support him today. Great work, Frank. And again, you're welcome back anytime right here at the Lakers Fast Break. But for everyone out there, truly appreciate it. Here's hoping you have a great Lakers weekend from all of us right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.